days in showbiz, almost every day is a rough day, but maybe not a rough day today because we have a guest named Felix Jones. He's an incredible man. Let me tell you about him. Felix Jones is a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians and a magician member of the Academy of Magical Arts at the world-famous Magic Castle in Hollywood. Felix is a frequent performer in the Magic Castle showrooms and has also appeared at several Las Vegas venues. He performs his acclaimed comedy magic and mind-reading show in nightclubs for private parties, weddings, and corporate events. Woo! First magician on the show. Oh, my. We always need a first. We always got a first going here, Justin. You bet. I knew I was the first magician. Yes. But you know what? There's a very famous um, quote that a, uh, a 19th century magician named Robert Houdin, it was actually uh, Houdini's um, idol for a long while, from which Houdini took his name from. And uh, he said, a magician is an actor playing the part of a magician. Ah, uh, yes. Now, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that is deep. That is deep. Did you just read my mind? What's happening? Could have. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Mm. See that? See that laugh? That's what it's about right there. Yeah. I love it. So mysterious. You're Felix Jones. Um, so I, you have a lot of experience performing magic and uh, having dealt with the public of Los Angeles myself, working day job, um, it can be a mixed bag as to the people, the antics that you get when you're performing live or just doing something, interacting with the public. You never know what people are going to do. Certainly. Um, have, have you had anything like that? I mean, have, have you had any kind of cringe moments where you went, why did this guy try to take his shirt off or something? <laughs> well, you know, the thing with the Magic Castle, when you perform at the Magic Castle, the audiences are somewhat regulated. You know, they have, there's That's a certain good. dress code. Um, there are certain uh, uh, rules that you have to follow when you're there. However, that said, <laughs> alcohol flows freely. Ah, and yes. although alcohol does make the magic better, as I always <laughs> like to say, it also releases people's inhibitions in uh, sometimes humorous and sometimes not ways. Ah. So uh, almost all magicians have been subject to a, uh, a, a soused audience member <laughs> what a what a great what a it soused it's soused though soused soused yes, yes. deeply soused what an elo very eloquent way of putting it i've had um at, at the magic castle i mean there are several instances you know that uh, i i can certainly talk about of uh what I think most magicians who work there have to deal with um so there was a uh, so Many times the rooms are darkly lit and uh, there's just stage lights. And when the stage lights are on me, um, I really can't see audiences. As any actor knows, you're not really looking out into an audience. You're just looking at these stage lights in your, in your, in your yeah. eyes. And um, so that's often the case. And sometimes when I am uh, choosing somebody, 
I will base my choice on how they behave before the show. Because I always peek behind the curtain before I go on. And I look at who's behaving how and who might be open to participate. Because with my act, I bring a lot of people up on stage. And um, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's fully interactive, and it's you know it's great for the audience as well to watch a whole kind of parade of people uh, popping in and out for each routine. Anyway, yeah. so I can select people pre you know before the show, and um, I saw a particular woman, and she seemed fine. Um, she was like in the I believe the second row or something. Um, and uh, she was talking, she was lively, but she didn't seem, you know, in any way crazy, crazy drunk. So uh, <laughs> I, I called her up and, oh yes, the minute she stood up, she stumbled into the aisle. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, she then made her way, uh, rocking precariously on her heels. And uh, oh. I was, all right, I now have to deal with a, uh, a, a, an inebriated participant. Oh. Now, what's difficult about it is that in mentalism, you really do need to get people to focus on something, on focus a particular thought or an image of some kind for the, uh, for the effect to actually work. So unfortunately, uh, I went through several of these cues that normally um, my participant responds to, and I say, all right, now you need to remember that and send the image to me. <laughs> well, the minute I said that, she forgot what the image was. <laughs> So I had to do it again. I said, let's, let's try this again. Here, I, I believe I was doing a routine where I'm holding up cards of celebrities and she has to select one. And um, so let's do this again. All right. And I could see her eyes were literally spinning. And oh uh, as she's looking at these cards and wavering. And I got her to choose one. And we went through the routine. And now, mind you, she did show the card to the audience, which is part of the routine. So I asked her, all right, send the image of this celebrity to me, and uh, I will uh, reproduce who this is. And um, so we went through the whole routine. And then I showed up what my reproduction was. And she said, no. That wasn't it at all. I, 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 I was thinking of somebody else. And then uh -huh. the audience, thank God, the audience came to my, to my rescue and said, no, no, no. This was the card. This was the actual person. <laughs> so so uh, I you know, thanked her graciously. And uh, after that, I learned um, really beware you know, when when I see someone stumbling to then go forward and say, oh, darling, another time, another time. We'll, <laughs> we'll go to someone who isn't wavering so much. So, you know, it's one of those things that you learn that, you know, as, as when you're working with a, an audience that's frequently drunk, that you do have to make the choice and say, ah, I'm not getting the vibes. 
let's go to someone else. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's sort of the the, the uh, technique that we use to move along the drunks and get to someone who's maybe <laughs> a glass of wine. And, and, and you know, other times that I have uh, chosen um, uh, participants, it's been more humorous than you know, like a you know, like a rough day or a rough night at the med castle uh i one time i um i chose a woman again it was dark i could just see her face and i called her on up and as she was coming up i turned to grab uh the props that i was going to use and when i turned back to her she was like nine months pregnant pregnant and ready to drop and oh. i went and my face just sort of went oh well <laughs> I didn't foresee that. <laughs> so, you know, we have our struggles with mind readers. Um, you know, it's like, uh, particularly when you're working in a dark house. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's uh, challenging to pick the right participants. You might think it's, you know, it's sort of easy. I mean, when you see it on, you know, America's Got Talent, you know, they always use the judges or if you watch another of the magic competition shows, everybody is, is, is pre-picked, you know, everyone yeah. is selected and uh, they're, you know, they haven't been, you know, having a, the, the odd martini or 10. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it looks really easy, but Absolutely. Every magician. And I don't think every magician does this, but I was advised two years ago by the great Jeff McBride, one of the, uh, oh, yes. you know, Jeff, famous mm -hmm. magician, world famous magician. And to always peek through that curtain and get an eye on certain people and how they're behaving. And also not, also not so much the drinking, but also how they're behaving with the person or group of people that they're with. Hmm. Um, you know, there's some people that come up and they want to be the star of the show. And there are right. many, many times that I've had to say, darling, the star of the show is right here, right here. Look here <laughs> on this face, darling. This is the star of the show. And every now and then I get someone from the audience going, ooh, you know, like I like, I read her <laughs> or read him. Most of the time it's actually men. Women are I can see a, that. Uh, women are a lot better participants. This is also a uh, a little quote unquote secret uh, that magicians use and that is women make fantastic participants because they are um, it sounds weird, gendery, sexist, but they are more open to accepting mm -hmm. magic. Um, men have got a lot of resistance. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the uh, show-offy, right? I mean, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to go on the show off and call the magician the show -off, the yes, it's be hilarious, yes. right? Like, yes, yeah, I've, I've, um, I, I believe almost all of those participants who've tried to show off and you know take the spotlight away from me, which. Mr. Jones never allows. Good. Um, <laughs> I imagine one of them must have had cargo shorts. I could imagine some douchebag oh. in cargo shorts going oh up God. and well, trying to make a fool out of you. Yeah, yeah. well, not at the castle. <laughs> oh, that's true. Not at the castle, right. This is in Orlando, right? It's the yeah, castle, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, the, the, sometimes men uh, are a bit uh, showboaty. Yeah. Right? Uh, and uh, again, it is our... Uh, 
challenged as magicians to assert ourselves to this raucous person, this raucous uh, participant. Yeah. Because you have to keep control of the show. Um, you know, if you're running a, a, a show, you have maybe, depending on the length of it, at the Magic Castle, it's, you know, a, a short show is 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and the longer show is like 45 minutes. Uh, you really have oh. to keep a tight control over the time. And that means doing like four or five uh, effects and planning ahead of time for audience participation and some mm. sort of interruption or laughter on my part because i'm constantly laughing you know when <laughs> when when i get when when a participant says something that is incredibly funny and out of left field and takes me by surprise i i love to you know for that moment break the script and just ad lib and um laugh along and it it makes the performance, you know, really enjoyable. But, sure. you know, for allowing that, you know, couple of minutes or so for audience participation in between all the routines, you've got to keep that strict time at the Magic Castle. Yeah. And uh, so it's always keeping control, uh, being friendly, being authoritative, and not threatening, but making sure that the person knows, uh, again, as I said earlier, I'm the star of the show. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I, I've developed that talent for doing it, um, in a, uh, in a humorous way, but we, I, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, I'm, I, 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 I don't think too many actors, unless maybe like doing outdoor theater, uh, really have to work with a lot of talk back from the audience, you know, other than Patty Lapone, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i it's it's i think it's unique to it is. magic it's unique to magic where people feel because they've seen so much magic on tv they feel perfectly at ease to yak back at us and uh, th again there are times i have said darling this isn't television <laughs> so just, I said, there are other people here watching not just you dear well done and uh it, it, i have to comment on that sometimes Wow, so, people are assholes. So it's, well, no. That's a dark <laughs> side. That's a dark, dark side. Of That's a dark thing to say. You know, another, another, another fun thing um, is that uh, when I'm performing in um, the Peller Theater, which is one of the big showrooms, uh, there are three shows, an 8 o'clock, a 10 o'clock, and an 11.30 show. And uh, the 11.30 show, I had... Before I was performing there regularly, um, I'd been warned, well, you know, there's people are a bit wild at the 1130 show. Oh, boy. And I actually did not find that to be the case. Um, the 10 o'clock show were the ones where people, um, some had not eaten yet because of the late dinner reservation, oh. or they'd been, so they'd been drinking quite a bit. So it got pretty um, raucous at that 10 o'clock show. But then inevitably at the 11.30 show, one, their uh, beef wellington or prime rib is digesting along with their two, three, or four cocktails. Oh boy. And okay. and there it's not, it's there's no outburst, but many times in the front row, 
people are snoozing away. <laughs> oh wow! They so fell you know, sleep. Oh yeah, Holy and crap. you know the, the the front row is what we depend on to um, pull up the participants because it takes a while for people to trump down, you know, yeah, to, that's to, true. Get, to, to get mm. down to the stage area. So, uh, so there'd be a line when, you know, I am looking and I've got, you know, say there's a dozen people in the front row uh, and looking, I've got to choose people and half a dozen of them are snoozing away. <laughs> so it's like, oh my Lord. Oh. And I can't like, I can't like, you know, shout out them, you know, wake up, wake up. <laughs> I get, I know. And they, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the person they're with nudges them. So, uh, but other times, <laughs> other times they're just snoozing away till the end of the show. Oh man, it would be so difficult for me to not take that personally, or I imagine for a lot of people to not take that personally. Yeah, just because it's, it's like it, it's, you're sleeping during my show. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, and and it it took me a while to get used to that. That it is not what it's not my performance. It's just what <laughs> they've been doing beforehand. So yeah. Uh, that's that's the uh, the part that it does take some confidence to know that yeah. uh, no, it's it's not you. It's definitely them. <laughs> it's definitely them. Well, that's a waste of a ticket to the Magic Castle, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You fool! Sleeping during the show. What have you paid for? And then and then then there's the lovely times um, that I'm performing. There's a, a couple of what they call impromptu spaces downstairs in the um oh. in in the, what was the cellar of the magic castle in fact the um one of the spaces which is now called the cellar unimaginably it used to be called something much better oh. it was called the the uh, museum at the time was the actual original performance space at the magic castle which is always shocking because people say oh my god every magician in the world appeared here in this stage that's so so small you and, <laughs> and the ceilings are so low um wow. but it's it's the original performance space and um to get to these spaces there's two staircases one on either end of each performance space and uh unfortunately this was pre-pandemic of course and i'm going to cross i'm going back for the first time this uh tomorrow night saturday night oh wow and uh yeah and uh before pandemic, um, there was, unfortunately, uh, a lot of vomit trails that were left on those stairs. Oh, and, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And what would be great is that they would leave my show and then they'd vomit up the stairs. And so, you know, there's always that they were my fellow magicians, great friends, great friends. And um, they've had it all to them going, oh, Felix, <laughs> your magic just makes people puke. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's a shame. Fun times, and then they're wonderful hosts at the Magic Castle. They've got to come running down with, um, you know, to to get the stuff, get it all cleaned up. And yeah, they have they have this special uh, deodorizing spray that supposedly covers up anything, hmm. um, you know, because the show, the castle still has to go on. If this happens yeah. like at ten o'clock at night, the castle doesn't close to one. Um, you can't. You gotta have that stench removed somewhere. The castle has to go on. Castle has to go on. 
they've been doing it for long enough. Wow. Long enough. That's true. That, that's crazy. They've mastered the, the, the cleaning up of vomit. That's how long they've been. <laughs> we can make it disappear. Almost. Almost. Yeah. yeah. That takes experience because I don't know what to do. I honestly don't either. Uh, <laughs> you know, other, other than a bucket and, and, and a rag, but they, bucket, yeah, I don't, yeah. Some spray. I, and it, I, know that's there not... was, I, I do remember a bucket and a sponge mop by one of the, um, one of the staff. Uh, and then after that, I don't know, the magic still happened. Right. Yeah. So. You, that's a, that's all we can say. It's actually a secret magician. A never secret. the magic castle never reveals its secrets. You know, it's really fascinating. Uh, many times I ask this, how many of you have actually seen a live magician before? And it is remarkably few. Well, yeah, uh, I bet. Mar most people see magic on TV. Yeah. Seeing a live magician is a thrill. They, they can't believe it. Wow. And there, you know, there, there is this, um, sense of wonder, uh, shyness when I approach them. Um, but then, you know, I, my job is to, uh, well, I use them, obviously, I need them. <laughs> it's also to make them feel uh, welcome and comfortable and that this isn't, that they're not going to be insulted. You know, there was a time when magicians insulted the audience and uh, the castle got very, very strict on that now. So it's virtually uh, non-existent. But there was a time mm. like magicians thought that they should be like Don Rickles and yeah. insult, insult their participants and uh, make horrible sexist remarks and jokes. Oh, no, no, and, yeah. uh, and so audiences, I think, are um, a little afraid of that, a little afraid wow. still that that's going to happen. And, uh, but it doesn't anymore. And I, you know, I certainly, uh, the, the way I regard my audiences is that they're all invited guests at my party. And I'm the host of this great big fun time for them be it for 20 minutes and uh, they're all welcome and i uh, i appreciate their presence i'm very grateful i tell them how grateful i am i toast them all it's a an experience that people remember because one of my big things that i like to say is uh, magic without meaning is just a trick and, uh, and I infuse my magic, every single effect that I do needs to personally affect someone in uh, an emotional way or an intellectual way. But uh, so every word I say, every move I make, every uh, I choreograph everything, uh, it's all intended to give as much impact to the effect that I'm doing by creating this, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's infusing it with, uh, with meaning, with purpose that will, in, you know, uh, uh, purposely touch each person who is watching me. I don't think all magicians do this, but I come from the McBride's uh, Magic and Mystery School. It is, uh, it is taught there, it is the philosophy and uh, I think the, you know, people who attend the school at any time will get this really ingrained into them to always look for ways, even, even with the most skilled 
card trick that I can't possibly do, still need to find something that is going to touch people. There was a study done, I think it was uh, five or six years ago by um, a wonderful and famous magician, Josh Jay. And um, it, the study was shocking to people because it came back with the results that card tricks are the most forgettable magic. <laughs> that people, yeah. That I can people, see that. People get the ooh, the ah, the wow, you know, the what the fuck. Uh, but then, but then they immediately forget what the trick was. Hmm. But with mentalism has got the highest um, memory factor of audiences. That's what people remember the most is a mentalism effect. Because if you're a good mentalist, you make it meaningful for them. And that that study shocked a lot of people. And suddenly, and I, this is funny because I. I, I it started springing up that card card guys we call them card guys um, oh <laughs> the card guys we mentalists call them the, the card, card guys. guys oh you need props <laughs> uh, and, and and that's unfair because there are some incredible um female oh. card magicians as well so we don't call them card guys but we you know they're card magicians we call them card magicians. but the guys we call them the guys the card guys the card guys um, the uh card guys bit by bit over the past couple of years have been including a mentalism effect in their show. Hmm. And I find that really fascinating because so many card guys are like, ah, mentalism, it's not real magic. It's just performance, it's <laughs> performance. And then now, now though, the card guys are doing mentalism. So uh, uh, see I, that, you know, you know, I do I do a couple of card tricks myself, but it's nothing that's, you know, crazy. But again, it's all tied into mentalism. The card tricks I do are all mentalistic. Ah. It's interesting what you said about that the people remember mentalism, because I remember there used to be this show, The World's Greatest, uh, World's Greatest Magic, or World's, yeah, I think it was World's Greatest Magic. Something, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what it was, yeah. Long time ago in the 90s. And I remember there was a mentalist, you'd probably know him, he did a was trick... It? Max Maven? Possibly. Is it Max? Dark hair. He had, so he has he had the widow's peak with you know it's balding here with the very Yeah. And, and like peak. a weird goatee. He is. He is one of the world's most famous, talented, charismatic, creative mentalists ever. But Max also Maven, great yes, that's him. Max Maven did a trick. Uh, the world's greatest magic was a live show. So they, they, they had him recording the show somewhere else. So he's from another location and, and the theater is watching him on a screen, do a trick. And then he said, Oh, you at home can do it too. So I participate in the trick too, as I'm sitting on my couch and he did this trick and he guessed your choice and everybody yes, in exactly the audience about, yeah. and me at home. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I, I will like, I'm talking about it now. I will always remember that that he got, he got mine and card tricks. Obviously I, some, some I'll remember, but that, that will like, Oh, I mean, when I was, it was mind blowing. It was like mind blowing. I will oh, never forget it. Max was the first magician to create interactive magic on the television. So he was a predator of zoom. Wow. And he did many of these on those live shows. 
and they are incredibly memorable. Yeah. And then when everything shifted to Zoom the, the past year and a half, he developed new material. And he was, he, he, he was just inspired uh, to, to create these interactive TV tricks and just continued. I mean, he is, he is um, one of the geniuses of magic. He's on the board of directors at the Magic Castle. He's a uh, just idolized, you know, and it's, it's, there's a reason for it. He really I bet. Uh, creates magic as opposed to just adapting tricks yeah. previous tricks most of the most of the tricks are the same that you see it's, it's always kind of a version of, of yes. what you've seen before yeah. you know in terms yeah. of physical tricks yeah it's true um yeah i grab my material i go back to um old routines from the 30s and 40s and it's wow. material that uh n nobody does anymore yeah. and uh i adapt it i update it i adapt it to my persona and you know i add my own spin to it i put a couple of flourishes to it or i think of other things to add but it, they it, the, the old stuff creates uh provides such great inspiration for me um, and I think it does for other magicians as well is to look back into the past as opposed to, you know, the, the new and snappy thing that you can purchase online. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know how many, how many times can you force a card? You know what I mean? Oh God. Are you impressed by that knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> I know I used to do, I used, I know a thing or two about some magic. See, <laughs> force a card. One, <laughs> one of my, one of my dear friends is, uh, Larry Haas, and he is the dean of the uh, Magic and Mystery School. And he, um, he's, you know, a professional performer. He performs all the time, everywhere. And he said to me a couple of years ago, we are, he goes, I, he goes, cards made my career, but we are drowning in card tricks. Yeah. And so he is always trying to find material that is, uh, what he calls a deep a uh, deep method. I love that deep method. And it's all about, as I said before, putting some meaning into a card trick. Hmm. And he's, he's brilliant at it. I mean, he just, I love that. He's, he's just uh, fantastic. So I'm glad, Justin, that you actually said that because I have sworn to never reveal any secrets. So to even define a force with oh, me, no. I, I would get my my face slaps. Oh, what have I done? I can That's that okay. You're, you're not a magician. I, you know, you're not a magician. Doesn't matter. I'm not a magician. I, I'm yes. I'm just a. I'm a. You're just you're just an informed. Yes. Uh, civilian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> an informed civilian. That's right. <laughs> wow, I, I swear. Didn't think I of mean, that. you know, when at, at the uh, when you, the very first time you go to the mystery school, uh, Jeff uh, makes the uh, new people uh, takes them up to one of his uh, studio areas and uh, collects in a circle and makes you swear, swear to never reveal anything that is, you know taught there and you have to sign it you have to sign you, oh, you, sure. you get a certificate you get a certificate for it but you have to swear and uh it's it's you know it's a good thing it's important however you know all of the how-to videos on youtube now oh yeah yeah 
nothing's nothing sacred. I mean, no, people, it's reveal, not. people reveal everything. Yeah. I, I did uh, my first post pandemic show was on mother's day and a wow. group of women um, who all had lost their mothers in the past year. Uh, I'm not sure if all were through COVID, but many were through COVID. And I think there were also some relations like cousins and whatever. It was just so loose and easy and yeah. so much fun. But then I, there's a new, uh, uh, a new piece that I've been doing. Oh. Uh, I've been working with, with Jeff McBride and it is doing three silk effects. Um, two of which are rarely performed. And apparently, according to Jeff, nobody has performed these two together. So I'm doing a unique, a unique routine. And uh. I performed it uh, for, it wasn't the first time because obviously I had rehearsed it a lot, but I performed it for these ladies. It was, the, uh, it was really, I think, the first time I did it through a, uh, in, in a live setting. And uh, this particular routine, it sets a different tone because, again, I'm putting magic into it and I, I'm not meaning into the magic. I uh, begin it with a, a, a bit of a script about uh, perhaps at one time your heart was broken, as was mine, or maybe you were the heartbreaker, as I once was. Then I quote a little Shakespeare, and I've got... Bobby Darren's version of If I Were a Carpenter on. And it is one of the best. I highly recommend, you know, people looking it up. It is absolutely beautiful. And it's, mm. um, at, at first I was a little scared that maybe it was a little bit sexist, you know, that, that it hasn't aged well. But it's a beautiful arrangement. He does it beautifully. And I performed during it. And at the end, I mean, the women were silent through the whole routine. Absolutely wow. silent. And then when they did the final flourish, you could hear a pin drop. And they just went wild over it. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke. I said, so what was it? They said, it just really, really touched me. So that's, I, I am very, very proud of that, that I have crafted this piece of magic that, touches people who are suffering um deep grief that that is incredible and and so what uh what do you have coming up what shows and what are you working oh with? uh so right now i mean i'll be starting uh to doing impromptu performances at the magic castle i have three private parties that uh, have been booked uh one is a, a big bridal shower i believe but um i've been um so I, I've worked with this uh, wonderful magician. Her name is Simone Turkington. And uh, she and I were booked for the Magic Castle uh, a couple of weeks after it closed. So the director of entertainment, uh, fantastic, fantastic supportive person, wow. um, told us it is not canceled. It is just postponed. And so now I spoke with him this week, and he is... Um, planning to book us in the Magic Castle for a full week in December, which is a great time to be there. Very uh, nice. During Christmas. Oh, I so bet, Simone yeah. And I will, we'll be doing our, uh, our long postponed show. We're both 
really excited. We're, we're doing, again, material that is not uh, usually performed. Ooh. There's a routine that we're doing. It's, uh, it's a famous routine. came from the 19th century, actually. It's called the Spirit Cabinet, and it was refined by uh, Francis Willard and uh, Glenn Falkenstein. And uh, it's, it's a really cool effect where uh, she's completely tied up. She's hypnotized into a trance. And she's uh, closed up in a uh, a uh, a curtain. Hmm. Uh, it's like a you know, it's sort of like a cell, and she's in there. And the minute it's closed, uh, things start flying out of it. You know, so sounds are made, pots and pans. You open it up, and she's still tied up. And the best thing that they did is that they actually nailed her scarf that she's wearing to the chair behind her, to a post behind her neck, so she cannot move. Oh. And uh, so they go through the whole routine, and it has a grand finale. Uh, and the spirit cabinet is usually performed like that, with a woman as the person who is hypnotized and tied up. So Simone and I have changed it. That <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one. I'm the yes. one who's all, who's all tied up. And, uh, and she's doing all the uh, magical manipulation of the spirits. Ah. So it's, it's we... Uh, created we designed and created a portable uh spirit cabinet so that this could be performed you know anywhere and uh it's it's really really exciting and a lot of fun we we did a uh, we filmed a performance of it and um, oh. it went over it went over fantastic people it, were just cr crazy about it is that up anywhere no it's 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 a private that. Film. It's a private filming, and uh, that one is not public. Um, but I get that when we perform in December, it will. Um, It'll be happening. It will certainly be online. Yeah. Ooh, mm. that is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so, That's where can people follow you and get show info and all that on social oh, media? Oh wow, Justin, I'm freaking everywhere these days. <laughs> Good. So there's my website, FelixJonesMentalist.com. There's my YouTube channel, Felix Jones Mentalist YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram, Felix Jones Mentalist. Keep going for you. Just check anywhere for Felix Jones Mentalist, you know, on Perfect. any social media, and uh, I, will, I will pop up. Um, there's a lot of videos that you can watch of me on YouTube and on my website um, to see what I do. And I actually use this as a promotional uh, uh, device for prospective clients when they want to know what what do I do? What? <laughs> and so I give them a good taste of it. Just you'll see exactly. And you know, I I'd say I ninety percent of the time people will say, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. But then there's ten percent say, oh, I don't get this. <laughs> I, I don't get what he's doing. What's he doing? <laughs> he's, and uh, you know, even though we're the first part of the show, we're talking about drunk people. You know, I have a martini persona. So uh, so I do enjoy. A, uh, a a phony martini, but I do enjoy having martinis on my uh, on stage when I'm performing. And you know, uh, the, the interesting thing that I found out actually during my Zoom shows was every time I took a sip of the martini, so did the audience. Yes. So it's I, it's I I'm an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> this has been fascinating. I honestly, this was so cool. Thank you so much for coming on, Felix. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a real joy to be here. Thank you so much, Justin. 
Felix Jones. Woo! <laughs> Thank you.